Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Now, as we go into this, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you were looking for a car and you wanted to get a used one. And if you've ever been in that situation, and and a situation I've been in recently, it always scares me. And the reason why is, as I buy a used car, I don't want to buy someone else's problem. And so it's always difficult. So you can try to get pre-certified or certified used or whatever it is, all those different things. But, But even before we go there, what I'd like you to think about right now is, how do you maintain vehicles? That if, this, that if this, someone was going to come to you and say, I want to buy your used vehicle, that you think for a moment and say, would I, would I truly want to sell my used car to a friend? And the answer to that really goes back to how do you take care of it? And so there are a number of different ways that, that individuals can do that. And so Maybe you are a person that that is sitting here thinking, you know what, I would be thrilled to sell my used car to a friend because I take care of it. Ever since I've had it, I am am someone who is all about the the, the maintenance on it. And so every 3,000 miles... Uh, that I, even if I have a synthetic oil, they tell me it doesn't have to, 3,000 miles, I am getting that oil changed. That, that I am every 5,000 miles, I've had those tires rotated, I, that my car is aligned, that thing rides so smoothly, it's unbelievable. And I even go in and I have this, this little maintenance that it's suggested maintenance, and what I do is, oh, it gives me so much satisfaction when I mark off the suggested maintenance. And so it's had the tune-ups. It's had all of the fluids changed on a regular basis. This thing is my baby. And because I take such good care of it, it would be a, a pleasure to sell this to someone I, I know. I have bought two vehicles like that in my life where an individual, two different individuals, gave me a file of every piece of service work that was ever done on the vehicle for its entire life and said, here it is, just so you know what you're getting. But maybe you're not like that. Maybe you're an individual, okay, maybe more like me, who goes by feel on the car. And so as you're driving, you're like, yeah, everything feels great. And, and, then every, and then something happens and you're like, something doesn't feel right. It, it's, wow, did you notice it, it's, it's turning to the right on me uh, all the time? And, and it's like I kind of have to steer like this, pulling it down to keep it on the road. Or, or do you ever notice that, that once you hit like 45, it starts wobbling But once you get to 70, it stops. So that's so keep it below 45 or above 70 for for best results in this car. Or maybe, what's that smell? (laughs) That's a new, I hope that's the car in front of me uh, right now and, and that it's not me. 
Or maybe you are the person who's like, you know what, I think if anything goes wrong, a light's supposed to go on, and until a light goes on, I think I'm good. And, and again, there are, there are people like that, and you know who you are, people that are here right now. Now, as you think about that, the, it goes back to this where it's okay, it's used cars, right? I can always sell it. Uh, I can always let the dealership deal with it. I can let the next owner deal with it, and and I don't have to, to deal with it. But here's the deal, is as we go through life with who you are, you are not a used car. You are stuck with you for your entire life. And so really today's message, when we talk about Sabbath and rest, the question is, how good a job have you done maintaining yourself? That that as you look at how you take care of yourselves, and and we're going to talk about this, how we do this physically, spiritually, and emotionally. We talk about that on a regular basis here at Crosswalk. But but physically, spiritually, and emotionally, How do you maintain yourself? Are you someone who has, maybe by others, they would call you regimented? And that is that you have your times where you're like, no, I need to take care of myself. And so I do. I I take time. I I exercise physically. I I do things like that. I eat properly. I take care of myself spiritually, that that I'm in God's word, that I go to church, that that I'm I'm supported by God. I know he loves me. I, I, I forgive and I love as he tells me to. And emotionally, I'm great too, that I take time when there's issues with people around me. I talk it out. I let them know that I love them and, I, and they love me. What I have found is that even for someone like me who's a pastor, this is a bit my job, right? That sometimes, many times, the maintenance is not what God wants it to be. And the reason why is I'm not following the manufacturer's suggested maintenance schedule. And, and that's what we're going to see today. That's what Sabbath is. That Sabbath is God is saying to each and every one of us, here, here is your life, and this is how you take care of it. And, and here is the manual. Here's the owner's manual. That if you want to have, have a life where your life is everything that you, or everything that he wants it to be, and truly a blessing to, to you, follow this and maintain yourself. So the first question that I have there is, is one for you to answer. And the question is, what are the warning lights in your life that show that you need a tune-up? What are the warning lights that, that show, you know what, I need to get into the shop whatever the shop looks like in my life, where I take care of myself. And, and maybe to help you in, in the midst of this, especially this Christmas time, is to ask the question, first of all, what are the warning lights that go on for me physically? I'm, I'm guessing that if you're like me, most of it is by how I feel. <laughs> I get up in the morning, and, I, and I, after I get out of bed, I'm there probably after the cup of coffee, ask myself the question, how am I doing today? And, and say, okay, I'm able to, you know, all parts functioning relatively normally uh, for someone my age, um, I'm good to go. But then there's times where I just say, I don't feel good. And I recognize I, I, I need to lay down. I need to take a nap. I need to eat something. I need to eat something healthy. I need to 
to do that. So, the, so again, the question I want to make sure you understand is, do you know what is the red light that goes on in your life when you know physically there's an issue? The next one is then spiritually. What are the spiritual red lights that go on in your life? And, and those have to do with worship. Am I, am I worshiping God? Do, do I stand in awe of him every day? Am I loving God with all my heart and soul and strength? And am I loving my neighbor as myself? Is forgiveness a regular part of what I do? Am I going and, and confessing my sin and receiving his forgiveness regularly? And not just for me, but for others as well. And then emotionally, what, is, uh, the, what are the emotional warning lights that go on for you? Is it just tears? Is it, is it the tears of someone else or, or your tears? Is it sadness or anxiety or depression? I'm just thinking and I'm, re- I'm reminded of this. I, I had a friend who had, who had a vehicle they were selling and they had a couple dash lights that went on, like the check engine light. And she took black tape and put it over and said, now I don't have to look at it. And, it, and I just wonder, it makes me think of how many of us are doing that at Christmas time, that we simply cover it cover it and now it doesn't exist. And and what is coming is a breakdown of some kind. And we know the breakdowns on the side of the road look different than the breakdowns that happen around Christmas dinner or or in our homes around the holidays. That's, That's why this is so important. And so in the midst of this, the words of Jesus are are ones that I'm going to start with. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That in the midst of this, this is, and again, I, I hate to even say this about Jesus in this way. This is a call for the, from the mechanic to come say, let me fix it. We need to, we need to shut this engine down, and, and we need to get it back to where it needs to be in, in order to function properly. That, that you don't even realize the, the performance that has been lost but, but chances are, I'm guessing, back in Jesus' day, he said these words and they resonated with people who knew they needed it. And I wonder in, in our time whether they do or not. And, and what I mean by that is the next fill-in. Do you relate more to being rested in Jesus or worried by life? And then the next fill-in is the energy, the energy we crave comes from rest. I don't want rest. I want a Mountain Dew. I don't want rest. I want a five-hour energy. I don't want to rest. I want to do more. So what I'm looking for is to find some type of medication uh, or whatever it is that gets me to the energy level that I want so that I don't have to rest. That's what I'm avoiding. And so in the midst of this, what I'm asking you to do is to change your mindset a little bit. Because in the midst of this, if you are simply saying, you know what, I I don't want rest, I want energy, you are going to go to different places that give you energy for a moment and then leave you crashing. 
then leave you on the side of the road, that, that leave you broken down. And that is not what God is talking about. So to help us understand more, let's go back. We're going to go back to the beginning. And that is in Genesis 3, when God created the world. And this is, this is what is written for us. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now, as we look at that, this... um, this idea that God rested, it's probably one of the most confusing concepts in the Bible. That what does it mean that God rested? Does that mean that God you know, sat on his lawn chair and was looking and was like, wow, I, I am really tired. I'm gonna, I need to stop now. And I'm going to tell you no, that, that we need to look at this a little bit differently, maybe than what you do. And so here's the first image I want to give you is of a starry night. Okay, so as we look at that, um, this, the name of this uh, painting is Starry Night, and it is by uh, Vincent van Gogh, and do you know what it is a, a picture of? It, it's the view from the asylum of the mental hospital he was in. That, that Vince Van Gogh was, had, had very deep mental illness. And this is what he painted. This is what he saw as he looked out at a starry night and, and was able to capture it in, in a picture form. Now, it, it just shows a little bit in the, in the midst of this, his, his maybe misery and his expression at the same time. Now, do you, do you know where the painting is? Give me a city. New York, yeah, of course. New York, it's, it's in a Museum of Modern Art in New York City. So, what I want you to think about is on the day Vincent van Gogh was done with this and said, one more brush stroke is too much and one less is too little. And on that moment where he was done and said, hang it, hang it for the world to see, that is what God did, not with the starry night, but literally with a starry night. The starry night, you have to go to New York City to see this. In Phoenix, you can see that, well, maybe depending on where you live, you can't. But, but the starry night, God puts that on display every night. And you know why? It's done. That, that, that more would be too much. And on that day, when the canvas of creation was done, God said, no more. It, it is created. This is the way that it is. It is now to, to sit and admire it. Now, the next picture that we have. And what is this picture? It is not the Mona Lisa. It is not. It is called La Gioconda. That is the Italian name, that is the name of this picture. Trust me, I was at the pronunciation YouTube page trying to say La Gioconda, Gioconda. 
Anyways, that's the Italian name for it. Now, this is the part that's interesting, is as you look at this, Leonardo da Vinci painted this, but it was started in Italy and completed in France. And so if you would like to go see the Mona Lisa, you are going to have to go to France uh, to see it at the Louvre. So so now you you look at this, and and as you look at this this painting... um, one thing I, I didn't know before today was that it was, it's not on canvas. It's, it's painted on wood. It's painted on poplar wood. And it has its own room where it is, it's the only painting there, and it was stolen in 1912 and then returned. Anyways, the, that as you look at this, it's also the, the thing about the Mona Lisa is supposed to be the smile. And there are people who travel thousands of miles simply to see this painting. And there was a day when he said, it is done, and it is now ready to be hung on a wall for everyone else to see. I don't want this to be weird, but it's going to be for just a moment. So please do this only if you came with someone. Look at them. Right now, look at them or you can look at me. <laughs> Not nearly as nice. So, but the point is this, is you have something right next to you that is more beautiful than the Mona Lisa. You realize that if, if, if someone could capture what they see in you right now, you would be on display. And you know what? You are on display. Every day, more more than the Mona Lisa, you are on display because a little less would have been too little and a little more would have been too much. And God, with each one of us, has placed works of art in people in our lives. That's what it means when God rested. It is time to stop the work and start the admiration. So in the blank, you can write... There was a time when even God's creating work was finished and needed to be admired. And when we're talking about the Sabbath and when we are talking about the rest, this is what, this is what I want you to be thinking of. The other thing I want you to, to remember is this. This was when creation was perfect. And so what God is saying, if you are going to follow the manufacturer's suggested maintenance for the body that you have to receive in the world in which we live, I'm telling you that at least once a week you have to come back for maintenance, which includes shutting it down. You need to turn the engine off and you need to shut it down and simply look around and admire at what God has done. And so there was a physical component to that. Forget it. Forget about all the other work that needs to be done. If God was able to get his work done, trust him on the Sabbath. You are fine. Trust me. Trust God is what he's saying. Spiritually, we're going to see that that it was a day to celebrate this connection with God. God and I are so close. And that's when Adam and Eve, in in the cool of the day, they did this daily. They would visit and they would walk with God because the relationship was so good. And emotionally, 
as well as they had this t- opportunity to be close to one another. And, and think about that on a Sabbath day when you shut it down and they're not walking anywhere, you're sitting there and you have nothing to do, no TV, no radio, no uh, phones, nothing like that. And what did you have? You had each other. And you had open-ended questions like, what are your dreams for tomorrow? Where do you see us in, in, in six months or in five years? What do you think about? Whatever it is, you had all this, this limited, unlimited opportunity to enjoy the rest and the Sabbath. Oh my goodness, could you imagine if the holidays were just that again? That if all we did, if all we did on Christmas was admire God's creation and especially the creation of those he has put in our lives and simply enjoy them. I don't know if I've done that for years. That, that, that has probably been the cause of my biggest stress is, the, is the, the rest that I'm not getting for those closest to me. All right, let's go to the next verses then. And this now is showing the rest in a different way. Remember, and the reason why we're saying remember, now we're going back to the time of Moses and, and he says remember because they forgot. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Keep it set apart. Holy means set apart for a special purpose. You need to take time. This means taking your calendar, taking your schedule and saying, I'm going to mark this day off as a day when I'm going to do this. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember this day by setting it apart for a special purpose. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. These words are, are, I hope you understand that a Sabbath to the Lord means that, that you understand the difference between the work that I do and the work that God does. In, in the midst of this, I can't help but think of the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The Sabbath day is there to remind you that there are things you cannot change. Things in your life you do not and cannot control. And to the extent that you try to, you are wearing yourself out and insulting the Lord. I think I can do your job. And he says, no. You need to remember that weekly, daily, hourly, sometimes. Remember, it is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter. Yeah, so don't try to do this making your kids do all the work either. Yeah, nice try. Uh, Your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner living in your towns. No, don't try to have others do God's work either. You stop it and, and stop it for others as well. And the next verse I put, because these, this, this verse really resonates with this commandment. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Let's do the next fill-in. It is human nature to forget. It is human nature to forget God's greatness and overestimate my need to hold things together. 
It's human nature to forget God's greatness and overestimate my need to hold all things together. If I get hit by a bus late, later this afternoon, life goes on. It just does. Not for me. Eternal life goes on for me. But, but for everyone else, oh my goodness, to come to this reality, you can live without me. It's freeing. It is freeing. It, it stops this control that we try to have over one another. There's only one that we cannot live without, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he is our Savior. And you must take time to remind yourself of that on a regular basis. That is what the Sabbath is all about. And if we can't do that at Christmas time, when can we do it? That's what we're celebrating, the supremacy of Jesus Christ, the fact that in him all things together, not just, not just spiritual things. I don't need Jesus just for forgiveness, which I do and which you do, but in him all my physical things hold together. In him all my emotional things hold together. And to the extent that you do not believe that or practice it, you will break yourself on this principle. That, that is why it is so important to find this rest that we have in Jesus Christ, to take a moment to stand back and look at the painting that God has placed in front of us in this world and celebrate it. Exodus 20, 11 goes on, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Again, words we've, we had read before. So let's do the fill-in. Resting is not a waste of time. Resting is not a waste of time. It is a strategic retreat and time to tap into God's strength. And so as we look at this rest, the rest isn't doing nothing. That, that maybe physically, that, that it means that we're not working in that sense. But the rest that we have in the Sabbath, is not, it's not like we're not active in this. That, that it's this time where we are able to take it and, and we make space, maybe use the word margin, whatever you want to call it, to, to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, all of these things that I have in my life, I'm taking back to you. That on that regular basis that you truly do practice, and, and, and that's why I think I do love the serenity prayer so much. Because as I look at ministry and all of the different things that go on, Lord, I need to go back on a regular basis and and remind myself of what you're in charge of and what you want me to do because they are not the same. That I need to understand my role in this life that you've given me and understand what only you can do. The next words then go to, they jump ahead another 1,500 years. Uh, and, and that is to the time uh, of, of the New Testament church talking about the Sabbath, and this is what it says. There, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. That there is a time when we need to, to step back and, and look at the work that we have done. And, and we do. It's not that we don't do any work. It, it's not that God doesn't use you. That, that's not the point. The point of it is that we need to take time to stand back and look at it and celebrate it. Instead of looking at all the things that need to be done, to look at the things that have been done. And that is why at, at, at this time is where we always go back to another picture, and it's the picture of the cross. It's the picture of the empty tomb. 
It is also a time to celebrate the forgiveness of sins because it is done. There is no more to be done. If there was any less, it would not be done, but it has been done perfectly in Jesus Christ. And that is for something for you to celebrate and enjoy and, and, and put in the front of your mind, not just keeping it in the back, but saying, no, this is something that needs to be celebrated. In the blank, you can write, we celebrate our Sabbath rest every time we receive and offer forgiveness that was won by Jesus. We celebrate our Sabbath rest every time we receive and offer forgiveness that was won by Jesus. And so in the midst of this, I don't know where you are with your maintenance schedule. And I don't know if that is something where you, where you ask the question, how often, let's start first of all, how often do I need to forgive myself? And, and in those situations where your, your sins haunt you, that you look at your past, that you look at the, the, the things that you have done, and, and, and so if that's the case, you are an individual who's living with guilt. How do I do this? How do I maintain the guilt in my life? When I, when I look at the things and, and the debts that I owe to others and I don't know how I'm going to pay them back for what I've done, I've hurt them in a very real way. Again, we go back, it's that time to remember the rest that we have in Christ, the Sabbath, the forgiveness of sins that, that Christ has for you, for me. Or maybe, as you go through that maintenance, your issue is not guilt, your, your issue is anger. You know who the problem is, and it's not you. It's that other family member. It's that other person who's not doing what you want them to do. And so as you look at the debt, it's not something you owe, but others owe you, and they're not paying you what you want. Sabbath rest. Hand that debt over to Jesus. It's, it's the debt he pays not only for your sins, but, but for those in your family and those close to you as well. He says, let it go. Let it go. Rest. Let it rest. And that's what we do. The final words remind us that in the midst of this, this is work. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Because the people did forget. And they forgot the rest that they had in Jesus Christ. And, and for that reason, they were in misery, wearing themselves out. When we say make every effort to enter that rest, I, I think we need to, just a little final clarification. Most of your vacations are not rest, okay? That, that many of the vacations, going to Disneyland... Is not, it might be a vacation, but it is not a Sabbath. It, it is the opposite of that. And, 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 and in the midst of it, you, a lot of this is it's, it's work. It is work that, in which you are trying to find pleasure. That is not Sabbath rest. The effort that this is talking about, the biggest effort in, in making a Sabbath rest is setting aside time. We talked about this last week with simplicity. The, the most difficult part of, of rest is to say no to this work, no to this thing, in order that I can say yes to God, 
in order that I can say yes to taking time to looking at the starry night, that I can say yes to looking at the face of someone that I love and letting them know that, that I love them as well and, and, and to be able to share their love, that emotional rest, that that is what is done. The spiritual rest of, of being forgiving, practicing forgiveness, practicing God's love. The physical rest of saying, you know what, today's a day just to shut it down. Each day has enough, enough trouble of its own, and, and, and I will get back at it tomorrow. As you are considering that, I, I hate, I, I gotta be careful with this because I don't wanna come across the, the wrong way. And that is, do you trust God enough to entrust him with your rest? Do you believe that you do not hold all things together, but that Jesus Christ does? And, and as you look at that, that is going to be the challenge for you as you, you go out. I think all of us can look at the warning lights to say, I'm, I'm headed for a breakdown. But I don't know if, if that we always make the jump to saying, I need to get to the mechanic for my heart, who is Jesus Christ, and I need to set time and space to do that. That's going to be your challenge. And it's going to be your challenge as you, you look forward to Christmas of, of taking time in God's word, taking time to, to, to let those around you know that you love and care about them, maybe even to ask for help. I don't know what it is exactly, but take time this holiday season for Sabbath. Shut it down, take a step back, and thank God for all the beautiful things that he have, has given to you and how he has perfected them in Jesus Christ. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have given us a Sabbath. And Lord, we, we definitely have reason to rest because you are so active and, and working uh, so much in our lives. It's most clearly seen spiritually as we, all we can do is sit back and watch at the work that Jesus has done for giving each and every one of us. Uh, and, and Lord, then we are also active uh, in, our, in our physical taking care of ourselves and that maintenance and our emotional maintenance as well. But Lord, help us see in our lives that you hold all things together. Uh, in the midst of this rest, Lord, help us find trust in you. Help us to see that you are worthy of our trust and you will never let us down. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.